This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, I'm sharing some of the big takeaways from the AAP National Conference and Exhibition and what general pediatricians are thinking about in the coming year to improve the health of the families we serve. I'm coming to you live from Washington, D.C. This is the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hi there. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and this is a very special episode because I am recording on location from my hotel room in Washington, D.C., where I am currently attending the American Academy of Pediatrics National Conference and Exhibition. This is their huge annual event uh, where they host a ton of academic lectures and uh, seminars and workshops. There's a big exhibition hall. It is huge. I'm here primarily for my role that I serve on a national committee for a grant program of the AAP that's designed to support uh, projects that are being done by pediatricians partnering with community partners in their local communities to address health disparities. Uh, And so uh, last night we had our big 30th anniversary event because uh, CATCH, which is the name of this grant program, turned 30 years old in 2023. And Uh, We were just celebrating the fact that CATCH exists and all the good things that have come from the grant program supporting these projects in various communities across the country. We got to honor a number of our former grantees and award winners. The executive director and multiple former and future presidents of the AAP were present at this event. Uh, It was just a really cool thing for like one pediatrician from from nowhere (laughs) to kind of get to rub elbows with some of these folks who are doing a lot of really important work day to day. So it was kind of cool to see uh, what the AAP is up to and just kind of be a a small part of of all of this. Uh, This is my first time coming to this big annual conference, and it's been a little bit overwhelming, I can tell you. Basically, every hour from noon on Friday until noon on Tuesday is covered with multiple super interesting talks about a wide variety of topics, national and international experts giving lectures on the latest research, the latest information about various parts of your practice, different disease processes, updated treatment regimens, practice management, how to run your practice more effectively, just all these different aspects of practice management. And literally every hour there's like eight sessions. It's it's impossible to do it all. And you just go through and you're like, oh, there's four of these that look so interesting. I wish I could go to all of them. And you just got to gotta pick one and you got to pace yourself so you don't run, run out of steam by the middle of the second day. But there's a really a ton of really cool stuff. So it's been really fun. There's also a huge exhibition hall that has hundreds of vendors of different kinds of products that you can kind of walk through and talk to. They have representatives from their company. So you can ask them a little bit about what it is that they're selling, push back a little bit, ask clinical questions, ask them about the research that exists or doesn't in some cases, about the value of the product that they're making. Uh, and so it was, it's a cool kind of opportunity to 
interact with people who are working in this space every day. And it's, you know, most of those companies are companies that you'd expect. They're pharma companies who have medications that are coming out to treat, you know, there's a new ADHD medication that's coming out. There's new asthma medications that are coming out. And so just talking to them about the research that's been done and what are the benefits over the existing treatments for those conditions, those kinds of things. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff about some of the new vaccines. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to some of the new uh, RSV products because I know that's been in the news a lot. So I've, I got the chance to talk to some of them uh, about those products. You know, the other companies are like electronic medical record companies, which are uh, kind of interesting to talk to and kind of see on the tech side, like what's coming down the pike for pediatric practices and what what can happen. Obviously, a lot of them are talking a lot about AI integrations and those kinds of things to try to streamline the documentation process, but make sure that we're capturing the visit that we're having, you know, that you're having with your pediatrician accurately uh, to be able to reflect that in the chart. There are also large children's hospitals and recruiting firms that are there trying to recruit new talent. Uh, Obviously, I just started a new job, so I wasn't interested in any of those. Uh, But there were also a couple of companies that I guess I was a little surprised were there. It kind of made sense when you think about it that, that they're there. They're companies like Melissa and Doug, the toy company, were there, uh, and they were sort of raffling off the chance to win free toys for your waiting room at your practice. So I entered my practice in in this uh, raffle, and maybe we'll win some new Melissa and Doug toys uh, for our uh, our waiting room <laughs> at the office. Uh, there are also uh, a lot of like parent advocacy groups around certain. Uh, diseases. So they're either raising awareness of particular diseases or awareness of the challenges that kids face when they have particular um, challenges or common causes of injury. So there were a lot of folks talking about drowning prevention, Down syndrome, basic stuff like stuttering, you know, common things that kids uh, deal with, you know, kind of runs the whole gamut. And so it was really interesting to talk to the representatives of those organizations as well. And I pick their brains a little bit, talk to them, um, took some information about the latest research in those areas. Uh, and some of them I even talked into maybe coming on the podcast as a guest. So hopefully we'll get some of those folks uh, on the podcast uh, to share some of that with you. There are also the funniest one, I think, is there are several skincare companies that had huge booths and were giving out like huge packets of samples, giving away so companies like Aquaphor and CeraVe and Aveeno and all these companies. And uh, there's another one that was giving out these shiny blue bags that had some kind of French sounding name that I, I'm not sure even what it is. And these <laughs> these booths had the longest lines of any of them, longer than the pharma lines, longer than the tech lines. Uh, these were them. So who knew pediatricians were so passionate about uh, treating dry skin? There was just there was a long wait for some of these. And uh, hopefully they learned a lot about how to treat their patients uh, dry skin going forward. It's it's literally a huge room. It was way overwhelming to even be in there. I had to go go back and forth a couple of times just to get to all the folks I wanted to try to talk to that were in there. So what have I been up to otherwise uh, besides the meetings that I was having for this grant program that I participate in? Given my recent change in my career and, and the shift in focus to exclusively be doing primary care uh, in an independent uh, practice setting, most of the sessions I decided to attend sort of revolved around three big themes that are kind of focuses of things that I'm trying to think a lot about in the context of developing this practice and doing a good job at my new practice. And those are, are basically 
pediatric mental and behavioral health, which is a huge passion of mine anyway, but I'm going to have more and more opportunity to sort of be a little bit more hands-on in the way that I manage some of those things uh, than I was at my previous practice. And so I want to make sure that I'm all the way up to date on on everything uh, that I can be about that. The second is sort of the parent experience and supporting parents, both in the context of medical experiences. And so how do we interact with parents effectively within the healthcare system, but also how do we as pediatricians do the job that that we love to do, which is support parents through the developmental stages and teaching kids how to become autonomous and have emotional regulation and problem solving and all of those kinds of things. So I went to a couple of sessions around that uh, and found some really cool resources that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. Uh, And the last thing is sort of learning as much as I can about independent private practice, best practices for how to be successful in an independent primary care type setting, because it's something that I haven't done before. uh, And so it was a, that was an eye opening experience as well. So probably some of these topics are going to become full blown episodes over the course of the next three to five months as I kind of organize everything and maybe invite some guests on to talk about uh, some of these topics that I, I went to sessions about, but just to kind of give you a big picture overview of like, these are the types of topics that are making uh, the rounds or being made a priority by the AAP to have as learning sessions at the national conference. And so the first conference, I w- the first session that I went to was a really interesting uh, session about ADHD. Obviously, this is a really hot topic for a variety of reasons. My episode about ADHD on the podcast has far and away the most uh, downloads of any episode I've done of the podcast. This is a, something that's very close to the hearts of pediatricians, close to the hearts of parents. Uh, and this session in particular was interesting because we're talking about complex ADHD the way that we define that is complex ADHD. Uh, we talked a little bit about other conditions that sort of mimic ADHD, but are not ADHD, things like uh, learning disorders and things like that, that can kind of present with some of the same symptoms as ADHD. But once you sort of address the learning disorders, they go away. But kids with ADHD can also have learning disorders on top of it. And that's one of the ways that we, one of the things that we call complex ADHD kids with ADHD can also have mood disorders like depression and anxiety. And it can be really complex for pediatricians and for parents to figure out what do we do first? Should we treat the ADHD first? Should we treat the depression first? Like what is causing the most problem for the child in school uh, and at home? And and how should we think about treating those things? And so rolling through some cases and kind of talking about how you might approach cases like this was a really useful part of this session. And then the other big question revolves around the overlap between ADHD and autism. Um, And so I'm going to another session tomorrow about best practices for autism evaluation, diagnosis, management. Uh, So I'm excited to learn more about that and kind of see what they have to say from the other perspective. So this was sort of thinking about ADHD and might this be autism instead, or is it ADHD with some autism features? Um, And so I'll be really interested to see tomorrow uh, what they say from the autism perspective about that. The other big session about mental health that I went to had to do with the impact of trauma on parents and children. Obviously, this is another topic that I'm very passionate about, but just sort of walking through the ways that we can support parents with their own uh, mental health challenges and make sure that they can still be effective parents and that we can kind of guide families through 
some of those challenges and make sure that they're getting plugged into resources when they need them, um, but also kind of teaching them the way that their trauma, the bad things that happened to parents while they were kids, will impact the way that they interact with their own kids, right? So if you're a parent who lived in a home as a child where you weren't allowed to speak and any noise was sort of shouted down immediately, then you might find yourself having less patience for noisiness generally than the average parent because of that experience, right? And you might not even understand exactly where that's coming from or, or why that's happening, and you or you may know why it's happening but wish that that wasn't true. And so there's things that we can um, talk about and sort of work through uh, around that. Uh, and so that was another uh, really interesting talk that was given by one of my heroes in this space, um, Dr. Heather Forkey, who works in Boston inside the context of a foster care clinic. And so she's got a lot of experience with really complex cases. And it was just really cool to learn from her and hear about her experiences and uh, just see how I can better serve the families that I'm going to get to take care of uh, in my new practice. The next set is sort of the parenting experience. And I'd say the most powerful session that I attended was also the first night on Friday evening. It was a session uh, where there were two presenters who had lost children to complex disease. And they were just sort of sharing their experiences of diagnostic uncertainty, like not being sure exactly uh, what was going on with their child when they originally got sick some of the like challenges and complications that happened along the way, uh, some of the good interactions that they had with healthcare providers through their journey uh, with their children, uh, some of the not-so-great things that happened along the way, uh, the way they were treated in some cases by the healthcare workers. And, and it was just a really moving session to hear the experiences of these parents, one of whom was a pediatrician uh, herself, a mom, uh, and the other was actually a dad who was not a physician. And so one of the things that I always try to bring to these sessions when I'm attending them is that dad perspective. Obviously, this is my podcast. We talk a lot about being a dad. It's something that's really important to me. And and I think one of the reasons why this podcast exists is because dads get left out of these conversations frequently. And so I was really encouraged by the fact that the AAP bothered to have a dad's perspective in this journey. And this was a dad who was actively engaged with uh, his daughter prior to her death and shared some of his experiences that I know are similar to experiences that many of you have had that they weren't taken seriously by the uh, healthcare providers. They, you know, He was totally ignored in the room anytime that mom was there, even though he, in most cases, was the primary caregiver and knew more about his daughter's disease and his daughter's health and well-being and mental health than mom did for a variety of reasons. And so that was really frustrating for him. And that was a really interesting part of of his story. And so it was really encouraging both that the AAP had a dad's perspective included in this session, but then also just for me as a dad to hear his experience was just really moving. Uh, and I learned a lot from that session about ways to sort of walk through these challenging times with parents and the importance of of little things like do what you say you're going to do and if you say you're going to call them back make sure you call them back be there with them in those moments is just really important and so that was really cool and then 
Yesterday, I got to go to a workshop uh, that was put on by the Mount Sinai Parenting Center, um, who have a program called Sparks um, that I'm going to be doing a little bit more uh, research on. I'm going to be going through some of the materials, but this is all freely available stuff. If you go look at Mount Sinai Parenting Center, they've got videos that basically, it sounds like they correspond with each of the well visits. So, you know, the first month, two month, four month, six month, nine month, all the way up to, I think, five years, there's like a five or eight minute video that sort of outlines some of the really important stuff that parents need to know for that particular age, which is really cool. And so they're all kind of on a website and you can, you know, go to this website and click the video that you want to watch and and hear all about it going from the moment you leave the hospital until, you know, five years old. And so uh, it was really cool to hear about the process that they went through to sort of put these things together. They also developed a curriculum for pediatricians and pediatric residents to learn the basic science underneath the parenting advice, which I think is really important. What One of the things I'm trying to do with, with Docs to Dads and some of the other work that I'm doing is take the science of child development and health and well-being and turn that into, okay, so what do I do with that as a dad? But I can't just go give you like random pieces of advice if they're not grounded in scientific research or, or best practices of some kind, right? And so what I appreciate about what they did is they have these videos. And then if you want to know more, either as a pediatrician or or as a parent, you can go and get to the actual science of where does this come from? And so how do we develop healthy attachment? And how do we help our kids? How do we support their autonomy and help them learn how to make good decisions? And how do we help them learn how to do problem solving and emotional regulation and some of these other things? And so it was a really cool thing. Again, one of the more encouraging things about this particular product that I'm excited to learn more about is the video clips that they showed us had about 50-50 representation of moms and dads interacting with their kids to sort of demonstrate the skills that they're trying to encourage parents to use, which I was really grateful for. And so I expressed that to the organizers of the session and the makers of the video, how grateful I am because the more and more we can see examples of dads being caregivers, the more and more hopefully pediatricians will start to accept us as caregivers and look to us and respect us for our role in our child's lives and and our role in our children's development. Still, when I bring these kinds of questions up at some of these events, again, pediatrics is a is a field that that's predominantly run by women and they don't always engage very well on on these topics there's a lot still of not anti-dad but sort of this general belief that sort of dads are fine if you don't have a mom available uh, and I'm really trying to push against that in a couple of ways one is to make sure that like in a moment where you as a dad need to have certain information about your child you know what that information is and you know how to find it and you know how to how to do some of these things. So some of that is capacity building for dads who have previously not even been expected or looked at or respected enough to even bother asking them about these things. And then the other thing on the professional side is to start trying to get my colleagues, men and women alike, to take dads seriously as primary caregivers. And so this was one of the more encouraging conferences as it relates to that because there was a lot of really good dad representation and good talk about 
how do we pull dads into these conversations and how important it is, for example, for dads to do skin to skin in the hospital after their babies are born, uh, just like mom, uh, how dads are also at risk for things like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. There's starting to be some movement in the right direction on these issues, but we still have work to do. And so that's why I'm still here. And then last but not least are the primary care sessions. Um, So these are more sort of practice management type sessions. So they're not quite as like sexy or, or, you know, intriguing maybe as, as the others. But for me, this is something that we just don't get very much education about when we're in medical school or residency. And if anything, we actually get sort of like guilted for asking too many questions about things like coding and billing and these kinds of things, because you're like tainting the purity of the medicine and you're doing it for the wrong reasons or whatever number of other uh, nonsense. And so it's just something that I I hadn't been exposed to very much um, previously. And so it's really like learning a foreign language. It's it's It was an eye-opening experience. The basic themes were just sort of making sure that I'm accurately capturing the work that I'm doing uh, so that we can make sure that the practice gets paid appropriately for the work and the services that we're providing to the patients. And so, you know, I went to the first, there were a lot of advice, but I ended up going to this session called basic coding to kind of hopefully learn some of the basic, uh, you know, codes that I'd need to know how to bill for those particular types of visit. And I thought I was in a foreign language course, like now I need to go find the like remedial coding course so that I can learn what all the numbers and acronyms and everything that was in this basic coding session actually mean. Uh, so I've got a long way to go, but I'm excited to learn. Um, it's going to be a new challenge, but I'm glad to have had the chance to learn from some of the folks across the country who are doing this well and who are working really hard to keep independent primary care pediatrics a viable option for pediatricians who are looking for that type of experience, as well as for patients who usually like the experience of having their own sort of local community pediatrician that they can go to. And when I was in medical school and residency, I was basically told that independent primary care was going the way of the dinosaur and you you weren't able to do it. It was too hard. You'd have to see too many patients and you can't make it work. And it, it it's not going to exist for very much longer. And everybody's just going to have to work for one of the major health systems. Uh, and obviously, that's a very discouraging thing to hear. But over the course of the last several years, I've met people who are making this work in different ways. And so it was really encouraging now to actually go to this conference and sit in lectures that those sort of people who are who are doing this work and doing it well, could sort of teach me the basics of like, how do I make sure that I'm doing this well to support my practice and support my patients. And so I've got a lot to learn, but uh, it was a good sort of starting point for me. So much stuff has happened uh, this weekend. I've been talking to a lot of people. I've seen people from my college days that I went to college with, uh, medical school mentors, co-residents who were with me, uh, former residents from uh, my time in Michigan, as well as current residents who are still there that I left behind. It's just been really fun to sort of reconnect with people. I've met in person with a ton of folks that were previously just LinkedIn connections and and other types of, uh, of folks. And so I got to take pictures with them and spend time with them and, and just sort of really develop those friendships a, a little bit more. It's been such a fun time. Made a lot of new friends while I was here. I invited like six or eight people to come on the podcast as guests to talk about various things as as subject matter experts. And they were all so kind and so excited that 
you know, I'm doing this little podcast for dads because there's more and more pediatricians and child health experts who want to talk to parents, but are particularly interested in talking to dads. Uh, and this is going to be a cool platform for them to be able to do that, to, to talk to you. And so uh, hopefully we'll get those interviews set up and on the books soon. Uh, and those will hopefully be coming out over the course of the next couple of months. Um, and then I'll probably, there's a couple of these topics that are so big that I've just like barely skimmed the surface of them. I want to spend a little more time going through the Mount Sinai parenting stuff. One of the companies that I met at the exhibit hall is a company called Emotional ABCs that has like this app-based um, game for kids to learn about emotional regulation and naming their emotions and coming up with playbook for like, what do I do when I'm feeling a particular type of emotion? And so uh, I'm excited to play around with that and maybe have uh, my oldest play around with it too and see if he likes it and thinks it's something worth doing. So uh, I've got a lot of uh, homework that I'm taking home with me that hopefully will uh, become useful to you uh, on the podcast soon as well. Uh, I want to thank you as always for taking time to listen to the Docs to Dads podcast. It means so much to me, and I'm I'm glad that you're uh, drawing value from this. Uh, more information about all of these topics and others are available on my website at docstodads.com. I'd love the opportunity to connect with you if there was something uh, in this episode that you want to hear more about or you have a question. Please shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me at Docs to Dads Pod, or you can just search my name, Doctor Scott Grant on LinkedIn, and we can connect there. Uh, you can also just email me directly at docsadadspod at gmail.com, and that's another way to find me. I want to say thanks, as always, to Phil Rabon for editing the show uh, this week and every week, and I want to encourage you next week to tune in because we're going to have our next Journal Club episode about a common medication that we use pretty frequently that maybe we should try to use a little less often. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation. 